The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. relevant is it's what's going on with the NWO. So it's Big Bubba that got hurt 
And uh, by the way, they also mentioned that the Steiners were injured in a car crash after a match on Saturday night, and they will not be at uh, Super Brawl. So a little uh, reality kind of leaking into our wrestling tonight. Um, during the match, also, Tony and uh, Larry run down the rest of the car for tonight. A match that we probably could have done without. Steve Mongo McMichael gets some wrestling action tonight as he defeats Hugh Morris when Hugh Morris lands on the Halliburton case. He's still carrying around the Halliburton case. Yeah. Your thoughts? Hugh Morris has looked good the last several weeks, and he's picked up some wins, and I just hate to see that momentum uh, be lost to, to McMichael. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, it's just it, the longer I see McMichael and the four horsemen, the tougher a pill it is to swallow. Yep, and swallow what you will, sir. Continue to swallow. We head over to Tony and Larry at the table, and we get a lot more Piper talk. Now, Larry thinks Roddy is more emotionally distraught than flat-out crazy. Really? Well, thanks, Larry, for giving us that cycle babble that you just came up with. Uh, Larry thinks he has a plan and hopes it works out when we are all out to break. Crazy. Just a crazy first couple segments here. But let's get back to real wrestling action. Uh, Dean Malenko defeats Robbie Brookside with the Texas Cloverleaf. Can you give us a little story on Robbie Brookside? Yeah, he uh, is a big territory wrestler, and uh, glad to see he's got some got some time in WCW now. So this match goes quick, and then Malenko's back on the microphone. He goes, six, ten minutes up the road is where my father trained and prepared six. In six days, six will come continue his lessons, this time from Dean Malenko. Wow. Okay. So, the Ice Man, the Man of a Thousand Holds, uh, ice on the microphone with zero personality. Even though I still like watching Malenko wrestle. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's not his strong suit. It's really not. He's best kind of the guy that goes in there and gets business done. That's pretty much where his strengths lie. They call that a mechanic, Matthew Thomas. Uh-huh. He's the mechanic, and he's out there working. The public enemy. Public enemy. Defeat the amazing French Canadians when Rock Rock pins Ka Ule after a somersault sent him through the table. Do you think the amazing French Canadians practice with tables? I mean, it doesn't seem like tables would be a French Canadian type of wrestling uh, gimmick. Yeah, I think they they have to have to practice a little bit. Practice makes perfect, you know. Tony appreciates Larry holding back as his job is to broadcast, but Larry says that Hall must have stopped working out, and then Tony has bigger arms. Uh, apparently, Tony, uh, again, egging on Larry Zabisco with Scott Hall. Now, uh, Rock, you know, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge are out and carrying some wood. <laughs> as Tony says, the reports have been received that that is his wood, and he's showing it to everybody. No, placing the blame for the accidents on the outsiders. Now, Larry wonders if the videotape is doctored because he believes the NWO is a bunch of liars. Again, now why don't we focus on the public enemy taking on the amazing French Canadians? Lots and lots of just gibberish that is not with this match. Right afterwards, we cut to the aisle where Gene Okerlund is with DDP, who, again, it's either the Horsemen, the Steiner Brothers, or DDP that get interviewed in the ring, you know, at the entrance ramp. Is anybody else going to get an interview down there? I no, want that seems to be reserved specifically for those guys, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, Gene asked CDP if he has any idea who might have laid out Big Bubba earlier tonight. He just walked in 10 minutes ago and asked what happened. Gene doesn't really buy the story. Gene doesn't blame everybody. Uh, but DDP denies involvement and says that he would never want to see anything serious happen to a competitor. I mean, Gene's still not believing DDP. 
um, Paige asks if he is pinning it on him, and obviously Mean Gene says nobody would blame him for fessing up. Gene asks about the Super Bowl, but Paige says that Bubba is out now, so he doesn't know what is up, but he's worried about Bubba now. So DDP's got a heart, and he's worried about Bubba. Yeah, he's he's kind of warming up a little bit, you know? Prince Hayakade defeats Lord Stephen Regal with the Crucifix roll-up to win the World Television Championship. How many times have we seen Prince Hayakade on Nitro besides tonight? Uh, 17, right? No. I'd say more along the lines of <laughs> two. Prince Hayakade walks mm-hmm. in and has defeated Steve Regal, Lord Stephen Regal, and is your new television champion. Thoughts? Wow. Very surprising. I did not see this one coming. Now, uh, the whole crowd and the announcers are just flipping out over the upset. Regal is in shock, so is Teddy Long. Rock of Rock and a few other guys uh, head out to celebrate with Prince in the aisle. They wonder if IK will now defend against Ray this Sunday, and it says this is the biggest upset they have ever seen, obviously. The Valve only replay recaps the finish for us, but uh, IK upsets Stephen Regal for the title. Is this good for business? I think it's good in the way that it it makes Nitro a little more must-see. So they start off the second hour with Tony, Bobby, and Mike uh, talking about, you know, unpredictability. It's the name of the game in WCW, and we just witnessed that. Now Bobby talks about Bubba being laid out, but warns everyone to be careful now after the attack because we see the clips of Bubba being loaded into the ambulance. took 17 guys to carry Bubba, by the way. As Mike says, that somebody is sending a message to the NWO with a match that Matthew Thomas has been waiting for. Nick Patrick defeats Randy Anderson by disqualification when Eric Bischoff reverses the decision due to Anderson using brass knuckles. Excuse my hiccups there. Matthew, if you were Randy Anderson trying to fight for your job back and you just got over whatever disease you got and you're fighting for your family and you you trotted your kids out on TV and Eric Bischoff told your kids that you still had to, you know, be fired, would you use brass knuckles? I think you got to try to, you know, keep... uh... You know, be very conscious of the rule book. Keep hope alive. You can't risk a disqualification. Yep, you can't. You can't risk a disqualification in that case. Well, Jimmy Jack got fired too. So uh, Randy, that is one nothing. He fires Jimmy Jet. Eric tosses both men out of the building and says, "What happened wasn't fair." Bischoff drags Patrick from the ring as they head to break. Well, a little issue with uh, Nick Patrick as well. Uh, now Lee Marshall is in San Francisco for the one eight hundred. Okay, I'm sorry. Footage is uh, black and white of Hall, Nash, and Six driving. They drive by a shack, and Six says that is Luger's place. Huh. They pull into a gas station, and they see Rick and Scott Steiner getting into the car. They make fun of the car, and they say uh, they must not be getting paid. Now, Nash says that they are not getting any cops around. It's literally. We we heard talk of an accident. I did not realize it involved the outsiders. Matthew, what do you think of this? Uh, it's it's uh, interesting, to say the least. So uh, Nash jokes about giving them a slight tap as six ass if they are looking for the Super 8 in a single room with a cot. <laughs> you know, wrestlers trying to save money and all. Uh, I just can't believe it. The outsiders wonder if they should stop and check to see if anybody, you know, was around before speeding off. Tony says they've obviously gone too far and we go to break. Um, wow. It was like a cops video. You know, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Back from commercial, and Tony says they are speechless, as there's no question that the Outsiders and Six caused the accident. Um, thanks for the tape. It says it's a criminal act. It'll take over WCW and be in the best 
thing in the ring is one thing, but taking things outside the ring and acting like this is way too much. Um, the NWO segment went pretty long, but I, I thought it was pretty riveting TV. Kevin Sullivan defeats Doc Dean. Who in the wide, wide world of sports is Doc Dean? He's the jobber that's going to help Kevin Sullivan get his little push. Uh, Sullivan locks Dean in the tree of woe and gets his back massage from Jackie before burying and running me into Dean. Now Kevin drops the double stomp and gets the win, and then Jackie gets in the ring, drops some elbows as Dean, you know, on Dean as she and Kevin continue to roll right along. Jackie's actually getting pretty over with her assaults on all of Kevin's opponents. Your thoughts on Miss Jackie? I like it. I think it's a nice little added effect, uh, and the audience seems to, to kind of enjoy it, so... Okay. Your thoughts on Eddie Guerrero defeating Conan by DQ when the Barbarian interferes uh, six minutes in, and Guerrero does keep the United States Championship. Um, Eddie will face off against Chris Jericho this Sunday in pay-per-view, but um, you know a lot of good stuff going on here. It's just too bad that this match uh, had to go into a DQ. Uh, Jericho ran in and made the save for his pay-per-view opponent, Jericho and Eddie, you know, ward off, obviously, the dungeon members that are left standing in the ring. Um, I thought it was good heat. I, I really did think it was good heat here. Yeah, no, again, I'm not a big fan of the DQ finish, especially after having one to open the show last week. But yeah, I think it'll be a good match on the show or pay-per-view. Okay. The Giant defeats Top Gun and Johnny Swinger when he pins both men after choke slams 40 seconds in. So what are they saying to us? Boy, the Giant's so strong he can beat two guys. Again, it doesn't matter. But here comes me and Gene Okerlund with Lex Luger to join the Giant in the ring. Now, Gene says the Giant will obviously be facing the Outsiders this Sunday that based on Luger's face, it looks like he won't be alone. Lex has some good news, and after searching far wide, he has obtained a medical clearance to compete at Super Bowl. Uh, right on cue, here comes Eric. Eric says Luger is 167 hours late because he needed to release, but he ended last week's show. Did you really realize it was 167 hours? You know what? They're uh, they're pretty particular with their stuff on WCW. You know, you've got those uh, six-minute, 45-minute matches going to draws, and they, they don't mess around with numbers. Back from break, and Tony says the Piper is a man who was bitten by a rabbit dog, and it happened in front of his son. What show are we watching? What is with <laughs> this Tony? Come on, Tony. Let's, you've been listening to Larry's Abisco way too long. Uh, he says that Roddy Piper is live from Alcatraz, not even Taz does Alcatraz. He is manically laughing throughout the whole thing, and he asks Hoda if he knows how hard Piper has worked. He's fought for 28 years to get a family and earn all this. He has been dead inside before. When he was on the streets at age 16, you can't hurt a man who's dead inside, and he's come to the Cow Palace dead inside. This was his pay-per-view promo. Did you like it? Uh, a little bit over the top, but, uh, you know, it was yeah. what it was. Chris Jericho defeats Double J, Jeff Jarrett, after Steve Mongo McMichael, who has returned again with his Halliburton case, uh, hits Jarrett. It's, when are we going to get over this? Deborah wants to be with Jeff Jarrett. Steve Mongo McMichael's already had his Super Bowl ring, and he's already had his NFL career, and he's a horseman, so he's done something in wrestling. It's just time to let's get this thing moving on. Does it feel like this thing's been going on all year? Yeah, it really does, and I'm completely over it. Um, it's just it seems like it's lazy booking, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, pan to the aisle as the entire NWO pours out of the entranceway. It's Hogan, Bischoff, DiBiase, and Elizabeth head to the ring as the rest of the troops stay on the ramp. Now, Tony thinks Hogan must be concerned because Eric tells us that he loves us Hogan as he tears his shirt. 
Eric says, the rest of the world may be afraid of Roddy Piper, but Hogan's up to the challenge. Oh, boy. He can't carry Hogan's booth, uh, and it's half the man Hogan is. Hogan says he's God to the people of Tampa, and he puts the city along with Venice Beast, Madison Square Garden, and WCW on the match. Hey, look, it's Sting and Savage. They walk towards the ring, but stop halfway and turn around and head backstage. Hogan says that he had some movie commitments last week, but he's ready to face Piper here tonight, but Roddy is locked in his cell instead. Here comes the music firing up, and he wants to hear Hulk Hogan again, as if it's Hollywood Hogan from now on. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Uh, what was the point of Savage and Stink coming out and then leaving and going back? Yeah, that doesn't make a ton of sense here. Well, this was the go-home for Super Bowl. Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. We're going to have the reaction for you, folks. So for Matthew Thomas, I'm the man they call me dead. We have had a fast-paced, almost kind of fun, some holes, of course, Natural reaction. So for Matthew, I'm Meathead. So long, everyone. <laughs>